Welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014. And I'm Judy Yaris, your other co-host. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years, and I was his care partner. On today's episode, we'll be talking about what to do when life throws a rock at you and other fun topics. Good morning, Judy. How are you? I'm good, Travis. How are you? I feel like I haven't talked to you all week. How's it going? It's going. Um, We wanted to share some exciting news. Well, it's exciting for us. We got a piece of fan mail. Woohoo! That sounds cool. This was written in by one Terry Montalbano. I apologize if I did not pronounce that right, Terry. But Terry wrote, I was diagnosed 11 months ago. I had my first symptoms two years ago. I'm 61. Every year I'm going to two places on vacation. Every year to places that I love. Thank you for this great podcast, Terry. Terry, thanks for listening. You know, I am so happy to hear that you've committed to going to two places that bring you joy and make you happy. That's that's what life is about. Right. And if you want to have your email read on the show, you can email it in to show at indiepodcast.net. That's show at indypodcast.net. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You know, even if you don't want it read on the air, that's fine too. But we would love to hear from you and see what you're up to and what's going on in your life. Yes, and if you don't want us to read it, just put that in your email. But now we have our PD-101 or... Fuck, I've got Parkinson's. Now what? I'm. My doctor told me to stay on my medication. I'm taking it regularly. I'm eating correctly. I'm getting some exercise every day. I'm, you know, getting a little bit of social time to visit with the friends so my spirits will be up. And I still feel like, shit, what's going on? I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. Why do I feel this way? Uh, It's not the person I was or I've been. Well, this is what Parkinson's does. People don't talk about it very often, but there's something called apathy that comes along with Parkinson's. And some days you just can't get past it. 
You think you're going to, your intention is there, but it still feels pretty crappy and you just can't get moving. So cut yourself some slack and just know that when you have PD, some days you're just going to feel badly. And that's okay too. It's not the end of the world because there's always tomorrow. Or there might be two hours from the time you're feeling really crappy. Or it could be even in 10 minutes, as Travis always says. So you never know. So hang in there, folks. Yes. And that brings up a really excellent point, Judy. We can fall into this trap where we think, okay, if I've done all the things that I am supposed to do, that my life will be better. And I think that it will, when taken from a view of over days, weeks, months, but that minute to minute, hour to hour that you're actually living in may not feel as good. And I don't think that's just for people with PD. I think that's true for all of us, whether or not you have this type of illness or if you're a very healthy person. It's just what happens. There's some days you're going to be in a funk and some days you're not going to feel great. And I like to say, I was always the person that would say, oh, I have to put my boots on and get out there in the trenches no matter what. And I do aspire to that. (laughs) But, you know, there's some days where I just go, it's okay for me to just not push today. It's okay for me to take what I call an off day of relaxation or an off day of just taking care of me. And maybe my body is saying, I'm too tired. Maybe it's telling me I just need a break and to give my mind a break and my body a break at the same time. So allow yourself to do that. I think that comes along with compassionate caregiving, I think, and just being compassionate to yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I had a interesting experience that I can share with you and our listeners. Let's hear it. I went to the hospital yesterday. It was completely planned and planned out. I had a very minor foot surgery. And so it resulted in me getting this really neat and fashionable shoe (laughs) that I have to wear for the next few days until the swelling goes down and I can remove the bulky dressing. But that was the easy part. The difficult part was going home when I have balance issues already and having 
to walk awkwardly. It's like with PD on my plate, I don't have a whole lot of room to deal with extra shit. Right. And those that shoe, I've been in one of those. It's like a little sandal shoe that allows your foot to just spread and be open. But you're off balance because you don't have a shoe that matches the same high heel height or the same level of platform that's on that shoe. And also it doesn't bend. There's no flexibility with it. It's like a piece of wood. So it makes your balance even more difficult. So I can't even imagine how you were able to navigate with that kind of a shoe when you're already having balance issues. Right. But it's one thing that I learned when rock climbing is sometimes your balance just sucks. And you've (laughs) got to just keep on climbing. Right. So here you are. I mean, at least you're not on the side of a mountain. So that's a good thing in this case. But you are trying to get home and feel like you can and you have things planned for the day, I'm sure, knowing you you have schoolwork to do. And you may have other things that you have planned in the evening and you can't really do them. Right. Well, can't is a little much, I will say. They are requiring even more planning and problem solving. Yes, for sure. So how did you do it, Travis? What what was your strategy to get through without the whole day being one big four-letter word? Um, well, in part, I uh, recruited Sarah to help me get home from the hospital, and she was able to fix me lunch, and so I was able to get something to eat finally, because, you know, they don't let you eat prior to the surgery, which I gotta say is at least 50% of the difficulty. Yes, it's it's hard, especially if you're not the first person they're going to see in the morning. You can go half a day without food, and that's hard for a lot of people. Right. No food, no water. It's hard to stay hydrated and keep your blood sugar up and right. all the other shit that we have to try and do. As PD patients, it is not something that even the hospital is cut out to really accommodate. Right. And even with that, you have to remember that you still have to get your meds in you first thing in the morning. At some point, you have to get that cinnamon going um, or whatever you're taking. They let you have a sip of water to get it down. And it becomes really challenging, right? I, I know that. I remember that with Sandy. It was always so hard for him if there were any procedures in the morning. Right, Dan. It is something that we've talked about, how they never have your medication available. So I made sure to 
Pack mine and have it in a pocket handy. Yes. So that when the time rolled around for me to take the second dose of the day, I could take it. That was really smart. That's a good idea, Travis. And for those people that have to be in the hospital for longer than maybe just a day or doing an outpatient procedure, you can take your your medication to the hospital. It has to be in the packaged bottle. So when you know you're putting your meds into those containers that maybe you do a week at a time and you're that's how you take it at home, hold on to your bottles of meds because if you go to the hospital for any reason, they won't take it from that container, that loose container. They have to see the actual prescription bottle with your name on it and what the medication is. And you give that to the charge nurse and they give it to the pharmacist in turn. Now, the problem that comes up with that is sometimes your med is maybe due at one o'clock, but your nurse is really busy and she's helping another patient. And now you're going to be off on your meds because she can't get in there to get it for you. But I'm here to tell you that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So you just have to keep buzzing them and asking them and letting them know that you have to have your medication now. And it might be a few minutes off, but they will try to accommodate you. I think that there's a lot of awareness now of Parkinson's within the hospitals and how important medication is. And I think when you first are setting up your appointment with your doctor for any procedure, discuss this at the very beginning, you know, say my fear is that I'm not going to get my meds on time and I will be such a mess if I don't. And they can put notes in your chart. And then you can talk to the nurses. You can even talk to your the charge nurse for that floor that you're going to end up on before you ever get to the hospital. Now, we're talking about if you're having, you know, a scheduled procedure that might keep you in there overnight. If you have an emergency situation, it's a whole different story, folks. Right. And then... And then you need an advocate with you. You need someone there to explain the situation and to make sure and advocate for you that you get your meds on time. Yes, or if you're like me, you just pack them in your pocket. Yeah, if you're like me, that's what you do too. So, you know, I hate to say it, but... Looking back on it, there were those times. And um, it's more (laughs) important to get the job done. (laughs) Right. We don't want to offend or encourage this behavior at all. You definitely want to go through the hospital pharmacist. But I do have to say that sometimes there are times with PD meds that you have to take matters into your own hands. So, um This is a disclaimer. We're not encouraging this behavior, but it sometimes it's just what you got to do. Right. We disclaim any and all advice on this show. (laughs) We are for entertainment purposes only. Yes. (laughs) That's 
a good one, Travis. That's that's excellent. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and also, if you have Parkinson's, I just want to say that the Parkinson's Foundation has this wonderful free packet that you can um, go to their website, and they will send this to you for free. It's a it's like a little. It looks like a little dop kit, but it has all kinds of information in there. Like you should always have a list of the meds that you take when you go to the hospital. You just, there's all these things that you should have in order and they'll send this to you for free. It's wonderful. So I, I think it's a great idea to be prepared. If you have PD, even if you've never been to the hospital before, even if you've never had a fall, if you've never done anything, you never know what happens. You know, things Shit just happens in the world and you could end up in a crazy situation. So be prepared for that. Yes, and I think if you're taking more than one medication, regardless of PD or not, it behooves you to have that list written down. You talked about how Sandy used to print out the list oh, yeah. of his medications. Because let me tell you that something that I had to regurgitate 10 or 11 times during the process. Checking in, checking with each nurse. I mean, they all come by and ask the same thing. And just because they, you think that one nurse puts it into the chart, that what the medications are that you're taking, don't think that the next person coming on isn't going to ask you the same questions. And they're going to check and it may, and there still might not be the correct information in there. I don't know what that's about. But I, I've noticed that even for myself, you know, so it's really important that you have any medication that you take. He used to make, um, he would do a, a little list on the computer and then get it very small. So it was almost like a credit card size for his wallet. And, we're, and he kept it in his wallet. He always had it there, list of meds. And yes, I'm for those of you that have a lot of different medications you take and your doctor's constantly changing things and changing a dose here, five milligrams there, 10 milligrams here. Guess what? It's worth the time to make those changes and get that back into your wallet because this is your only salvation that, that people will know what you're really taking. And this is how you take responsibility for yourself, right? Yes. And if you're like me, and have to adjust that med list frequently. Put it in a Google Doc. That way, it's always available on your phone. Right. But and if I, you don't know how to do that, ask someone to do it for you. you yes. Know? And it is important to have it written because we know that PD can affect your speech. And I know from my personal experience trying to pronounce exactly what I'm taking two or three times to get the nurse to understand is not as good as simply 
pulling up the list on my phone and showing it to her. That's absolutely correct, Travis. You know, in the early days, and I think they still make this, and I I don't think it's a bad idea, is the Medic Alert bracelet or the Medic Alert. Sandy had one that looked like a dog tag. Now, it doesn't list all your medications, but it has a central number that they can either call or there's a website they can go into and put in your name and they can see what's going on if they're calling from a hospital. But I think it's always good to have something in your wallet that says, I have Parkinson's disease and these are the drugs that I take, or I have Parkinson's disease, heart disease, high blood pressure, all these things that may be important for them to know if, for example, you fell down on the street and hit your head, or if you were hit by a car or a bicycle swinging by or somebody on a a scooter that's in the wrong place. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that can happen in everyday life where it just makes sense to have information for you. And you could keep it on your phone, right? It doesn't matter what kind of phone you have. All smartphones have this now. Right. And the important thing is it is not dependent on you to remember. That is the point. So if you're incommunicable, like Judy's saying, you got hit by a rogue Vespa, then you can still get that information across. I think so. I think it's really critical that you protect yourself. I mean, I say that to a lot of people. Like, I was a runner for many, many years, and I never went running without... I used to make a photocopy of my driver's license. So I had it in a pocket or I had it with me so that if something ever happened, I would always have that because you never know. And I I learned that very early on when I started cycling with um, a group of people that were cyclists and, and did a lot of riding every week. And a lot of them use this thing called road ID, which as you, I think we've talked about this in support groups. I happen to love this item. It's a little silicone bracelet, but it has pertinent information on. Like if, if you have PD, in my case, I would put my age, I put a phone number, I'd put a contact number. And sure enough, I did have a very significant, really serious bike accident where the paramedics had to come and get me up off the ground and get me to the hospital. And, you know, I was lucky. I was conscious. I was not good. And they were able to look at my road ID and see who to call. And I was so grateful for having that because they called my daughter right away and they called Sandy right away. And so everyone kind of knew what was going on and where I was going to be transported, you know, and I I think those are the things that you want to have because it's important for us to protect ourselves. Right. It's that what could go wrong and how do I put a plan in place to mitigate it? It's the exact same thing we've talked about. If you're going mountain climbing or ice skating. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, and ice skating's a good one. I mean, I know someone who got a horrible concussion from ice skating with her kid. You know, she had a bad fall and she was out for like months 
and months with that. It was terrible. So, you know, a lot of crazy things can happen in life. So all we're saying to you is prepare yourself a little bit. It's simple steps that, you know, you can take to just, in the long run, make your life a little bit better. Right? And that's what we're talking about here. You know, I loved your title when life throws a rock at you because I keep thinking about you, Travis, being on the side of a mountain and having a rock come flying down and give you a good whack and how you approach that. But really, we're all going up those mountains every day. There's some mountain that we're climbing and probably rocks hit us throughout the day, right? Right. And it is important for us to be wearing a helmet (laughs) in case a big one lands on our noodle. Yes, that's absolutely true. I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. I had one other question. So how do you feel today? So you had surgery yesterday. Are you feeling pretty good today? Yes. By and large, I'm still moving slow, talking slow, but I feel like that is expected. It takes me a day or two to bounce back from any sort of strenuous medical whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true for most people. You know, we there's a lot of discussion because there's so much now that's done as outpatient. And we go in and we think, oh, it's outpatient. It's no big deal. I'll be home that afternoon and I should feel just fine. But the truth is, you still have some trauma to your body. And I don't think we ever think about that much. Right. And as we know, with PD, any sort of extra trauma, or if you get a cold, it's more worse, or, you know, broke your arm, it's more than just a broken arm. It's a PD flare-up and a broken arm. That's right. We, you know, with PD, um, you don't necessarily react worse. It's just that everything takes a little bit longer to get better. And I think that's just a general rule of thumb when you have Parkinson's, that you just know it's not going to be quite as easy for you as it is when, like when someone gets a cold, you know, it may last two days with you. Maybe it's three days, maybe four. Maybe you're going to feel a little bit worse than you used to feel. And those are just things that happen. You know, it's part of it. Yes, part of the great brain decay. Yes. (laughs) Which at some point, Travis, we should talk a little bit. Maybe we'll go into some detail at some point. Because there may be some people that, although it's hard for me to think this, but there may be people that don't have PD that listen once in a while. And they're getting some insight as to what life is like for someone with Parkinson's. And I think, you know, your life is certainly a little more extraordinary than many because you do such unusual things. And um, I do want to mention to our listeners, I mean, unfortunately, you can't see this, but Travis has been doing a machining class, which I never really understood what he did in that class. But he was able to show us not only did he get a certificate of completion, for this particular program, 
but he showed us this hammer that he made. And I just thought it was fantastic. It's probably one of the most beautiful hammers I've ever seen. And it was pretty cool that he took a piece of steel or metal and he made a hammer. It's pretty amazing. So kudos to you, Travis, for doing something so extraordinary. Well, thank you. Yeah, I admire your skill with something like that because it's um, it's pretty hard to do. Yes, but it shows that even the slowest student can be taught. That's exactly right. So it doesn't mean you can't do it. It probably just took you longer to do it than it might take someone that doesn't have Parkinson's, right? Exponentially longer, <laughs> but yes, at the end of the class. I had completed that project. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Okay, that's a wrap. Bing.